again, welcome and thank you for sharing this amazing week with us and also the beautiful, beautiful dedication ceremony from last night. We heard several comments of people that felt it was the most uplifting thing that they had ever been a part of. So that was the little cherry on the top of the ice cream sundae. I also want to welcome and thank all those who have been watching this week's proceedings online. There have been more watching online probably than have been here in the amphitheater, which is saying something. So this is the topic for the week. This is from Rays of the One Light. Very interesting topic. Does Satan exist? Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. The Bible tells us in chapter 4 of the Gospel of St. Matthew, then, after the baptism, was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. To most modern minds, this passage seems quaintly obsolete. Psychologists would say, have said, in fact, that the temptation of Jesus, if it occurred at all, was purely psychological. They call it a projection of desires lurking in his own subconscious mind. The subconscious plays a strong part, certainly, even if not a unique one, in any testing the spiritual seeker must undergo. The Bhagavad Gita, in dealing with this undeniable reality, quotes Arjuna in the third chapter and then Sri Krishna's reply. Yet tell me, teacher, said Arjuna, by what force doth man go to his ill unwilling, as if pushed as if one pushed him in that path. Krishna replied, Desire it is, passion it is, born of the darkness, which pusheth him. Mighty of appetite, sinful and strong is this man's enemy. Yet even Krishna describes passion as born of the darkness, the fact is, as Paramahansa Yogananda wrote in Autobiography of a Yogi, all thoughts vibrate eternally in the cosmos. Thoughts are universally and not individually rooted. A truth cannot be created, but only perceived. Psychology, yes, but psychology attuned to the currents of consciousness that pervade the entire universe, attracted by each of us according to our own personal inclinations. Yogananda, quoted in The Path, said, I used to think Satan was only a human invention, but now I know and add my testimony to that of others who lived before me that Satan is a reality. He is a universal conscious force whose sole aim is to keep all beings bound to the wheel of delusion. We should take pains, then, 
to attract uplifting currents of universal consciousness and to avoid attracting the negative, which, diseased that it is, can infect our thoughts even while it leads us to believe that our thoughts are purely our own. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. So, good morning, everyone. It's been quite a week. <laughs> and first, I want to start, before we get into this kind of amazing topic, I want to thank all of you who have joined us from many different places. I Just humor me for a minute. How many of you sitting here today were born in a country other than America? Stand up. It's about a third, <laughs> our quarter maybe. Amazing. Thank you. And thank you for finding your way to Ananda. Last night after the amazing program, a young woman came up to me and she said, Sincerely, what can I do in my next life to assure that I won't lose Ananda? <laughs> and I said, Well, if you can remember at the moment of death, think of Master and he'll He'll find, he'll bring you to the right place. But I also want to thank all the people that make this week possible. I bear with me, I don't want to sound like the Academy Awards, but it really, it, this could not happen without so many, many hands making this miracle what it is. And the Expanding Light staff, the, those who, register people and house people and housekeep and prepare meals and the karma yogis who work double, triple time during this time. Thank you so much. And every, all the teachers and uh, the musicians and singers and then to pause for last night and that extraordinary evening that was months in preparation, if if you weren't aware. And Nefertiti, who really orchestrated it all, Gita, who was very much behind the scenes, and Nabha, who wrote that extraordinary script last night, and to my friend Rachel, who did that video at the very end, which I know for me it just took my breath away. And so thank you all. Thank you all. And most of all, Thanks to Swamiji and Master, who created Ananda and envisioned Spiritual Renewal Week. So let's start with a reading from Whispers from Eternity, Master's Book of Prayer Poems, or Prayer Demands, more accurately. This is, We demand of thee as thy children. Thou art our Father, we are made in thine image. We are thy children. We neither ask nor pray as beggars, but demand of thee as thy children the gifts of wisdom, salvation, health, happiness, and eternal joy. 
whether naughty or good, we are still thy children, all of us. Help us to perceive and understand inwardly thy will for us. Teach us the independent use of our human will, since thou gavest it to us to use freely, attune to thy wisdom-guided will. So when we, as we heard in the reading this morning, and as we shared also in Monday's class, there are universal currents of consciousness of which this world is formed and informed. Some of those currents of consciousness lift us up to understanding of our higher self. And some of those currents of consciousness, as Krishna asks, as Arjuna asks of Krishna, why do we do things that we know are going to cause us suffering? And Krishna answers, it's desires that are born of the darkness. We think we're kind of making our own choices. But if we open ourselves up to those currents, which can draw us down, then we give up our free will. You know, it's interesting, isn't it, that the downward current, you think, well, okay, we can choose downward or upward. But it isn't really that simple. It's more subtle than that. If we choose to go with the downward current, we lose our free will. If we choose to go to the upward current, we enhance our free will with God's will. God doesn't control us, but he will guide our will, whereas the dark force controls our will. It's a beautiful difference. And very important. And I thought to read, again, humor me, I want to read from the Bible, being Sunday and all. (laughs) And when I read that passage where he's uh, master quotes or Swamiji quotes from Matthew 4, I thought, well, let me read that and see what about the temptation of Christ. Because it's very interesting. And, you know, Master gave us commentaries on all the great scriptures. And we read them and we, oh yeah, okay, the temptation of Christ in the wilderness, blah, 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 get thee behind me. But (laughs) there's so much that we can learn from it. So this is chapter 4 of St. Matthew. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made of bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So that's the first test. The devil is saying to him, okay, let's rearrange this world so you get what you want. That's a temptation that we all can face. Not so much turning stones into bread, but okay, if I just maybe tell that little lie, I can get what I want, and then I'll be at an advantage. But 
Christ says, and Master explains it even more deeply, we don't live by what we get out of this world, but only, and man does not live by bread alone. What he's saying, Master explains, is we live by the power of God, and every word that issues forth from the mouth of God, what's the mouth of God? Who knows what that is? Did you ever learn that in church? I never went to church. I'm Jewish. <laughs> but Well, I'm not really Jewish, but <laughs> I was born that way. <laughs> but the mouth of God, Master explains, is the medulla. And it's that from there, it's that higher chakra from which we draw the cosmic energy. And so the devil's tempting him and saying, change the world to your advantage. And Christ saying, I don't need to. God's taking care of me. And that's a temptation we can all relate to. But the devil isn't done yet. He has a few more tricks. So then he says, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. But Jesus said to him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So this is interesting, because the devil's quoting the scriptures. Remember in Swami's play, The Jewel and the Lotus, if you remember, there's a line, haven't you heard even the devil quote the scriptures? So he's trying, what does that mean for us? It means we can justify wrong actions by reason, good reason, and we can say, oh, well, it's all right, it says it in the scriptures, it's, a, it's okay, I can, you know, I can... Um, cheat a little bit here because I'm going to give the money to a higher cause. You know, we can pervert the good reasons for self-motivation. And Christ is saying, no, I, I do not live in that way. I do not need to test God to see if he'll take care of me. Master said, Don't, that's presumptuous. Don't be presumptuous. He had two disciples, uh, Master did, who never locked their car. And Master told them, no, you should lock your car, because if you put something in there, someone might take it. And they didn't listen, and they had some valuables in their car, and it was they were stolen. And Master said, you were being presumptuous. You were testing God. Don't test him. What's meant to come will come. You don't have to play that edge. And so in our own life, the, the boundary line between faith and just giving your life to God, saying, okay, I can do whatever I want. God will protect me. I'm a devotee. I'm from Ananda. I, I do Kriya. No, you won't be protected if you're foolish, if you cast yourself in front of a car or off a building. Sure, remember later on, where, when it's such a poignant moment, when they... The, the Roman soldiers arrest Christ, and they say, Lord, why don't you do something? And he said, if it was the will of the, my Lord, God my Father, I could call down hosts of legions, but I just am here to do his will. I'm not presuming that I have any power. 
And when you see the lives of these great ones, Swami Kriyananda was such a great example. The utmost humility, never never thinking anything of himself. He said, when I have to give a talk, Swamiji said, and they give me this grand introduction that I've done all this and done all that. He said, I always feel like a little mouse and that this symphony is playing this great chord and the cymbals crash. And then this little mouse runs out on the stage and looks around. And one time someone said to Master, Sir, your detractors are saying that you've lost your powers. And Master thought, he said, I don't know that I ever had any powers. This is an avatar. What he's saying is, I, they're not mine. If God tells me to raise someone from the dead, I will do it. But it's not my powers. And then finally, Christ, or Christ has his last temptation. And in case you haven't read this before, he passes. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceedingly high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things I will give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and serve only him. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And it was after that point that Christ began his ministry to the world. So power, the temptation of power, control over other people. Worship me, and I will give you power. Worship that dark force, that seductive pull of wealth and power and fame. And Christ passed the test. And he said, I will only worship God. And then there was nothing more to be done. And so for us too, the desire again to use forces that use that part of ourself, maybe it's even a talent, but if it pulls your consciousness down and you acquire acclaim and fame, Better not to use it. Better to be centered in yourself and give anything, any talent or ability that you have to God. Now, let's talk tactics. What are some strategies that Satan has to take control of us, to influence us? And again, Satan... Okay, maybe you react to that. Let's just think of the downward pulling current. As Master said, there is a downward pulling current, and its sole purpose is to keep us from waking into God. So what's the first strategy of Satan? To make us think he doesn't exist. Oh, that's just kind of, you know, what those Bible-pounding people say. So if we don't think he exists, then we don't have our guard up. We do, oh, I can do this. I, I can walk that edge. But if we know that we are constantly, they say the path of God is a razor's edge. If we're constantly walking that thin line, and I, anyone who has ever had a problem with any kind of an addiction, be it 
drinking or drugs or whatever it might be, they know that you can't walk that edge. You can't say, I'll take a little sip. That's all. You can't because that force will pull you right down. And whatever it might be, I'll just gossip a little bit. No, because that keeps you in that consciousness. So look at whatever it happens to be that you are addicted to and say, this is, there's a battle going on here. And I have to take, I have to be aware that there are forces arrayed in front of me that are trying to pull me away from my search for God. So the tact, the strategy of Satan is to say, to kind of cloud their mind and don't let them see me. Our counter strategy is to say, I know you're there and I will be vigilant. I will look at those areas of my life where you have had control over me and I will not allow you to pull me down. So another strategy of Satan is to make us feel we're not good enough to even try. Oh, I don't meditate so well. I like somebody said the other day at one of the classes, quoting a friend who said, I'm a terrible meditator. Never say that. Because your soul is already resting in God. Your mind may be restless. Your thoughts may be scattered. But your soul is always resting in God. So, Swamiji has said, and I have found this very, very helpful over the years, the satanic influence makes us feel a sense of diminished self-worth. So if somebody comes up to you at work, in your family, whatever, someone you meet, and says, you know, you really blew it yesterday, you know, when you said that or when you did that, you know, I have learned over the years, how do I feel? when someone says that. And if I start feeling inadequate, if I start feeling diminished, I think in my mind, Satan, get thee behind me. Because Swami would give us feedback when we needed correction. But even when he was being harsh with us, he was talking to our soul. That highest part. I remember once um, I had spoken without discrimination and told someone something, and it caused a kerfuffle. And Swami was really strong with me. And he said, (laughs) this is what he said. Um, He said, when will you learn to keep your mouth shut? And, but I didn't feel diminished. I felt, God, he's pulling me out of delusion. And I just said, Swami, I'll never do it again. And he said, good girl, that's enough. But it was very different when you feel someone else pulling you down or a situation diminishing you. So the strategy of Satan is to make us feel we can't do this. We don't have the strength or the good karma or the ability to meditate or the energy, whatever it might be, to really walk on the spiritual path. Maybe we can watch from the sidelines and wave to the others going by, but that's not why we came. We didn't come to be a a spectator devotee. We came to win the race, and we can all win it. It isn't just one finish line. Every one of us has a finish line, and we all finish first when we cross that finish line. And so 
to look, for, counter those downward pulling things. Oh, you're a bad parent. You're whatever it might be. And just say, no, I am a child of God and I will do my best never to forget that. And then another strategy of Satan is to say, okay, you blew it, but just keep it to yourself. Hide it. Hide in the shadows. And that will never work because God sees all, knows all, loves us in spite of everything. I've told some of you this story. We have a grown son, but when he was a little boy, probably about four years old, one day, and I could always tell when he was lying, and he didn't do it often, but every now and then. And so he came up to me and he said, Mommy, I didn't do nothing. And I looked at him and I said, where? Where didn't you do nothing? And he said, in the closet. And he had taken all the vitamin pills and dumped them all out and they were all mixed up. But we're, we're like that. We think, God, I didn't do nothing. And he says, where? Where didn't you do nothing? And so the ability to just give the most darkest secrets that we keep in our heart, just say, look, God, here, it's yours. And it's the same with healing. I find this in my own life. If I've received a blow or an injury or I'm sick, I, I'm, we can all do this. We can be sensitive, and you feel where there's uh, pain, we tense up. We protect it, don't we? But if you can relax through the pain and really open it up, then the healing light can come in and you can heal real quickly. And so it's the same with things in ourselves. If we just hold them and say, no, 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 if God only saw that, I'd be out of here. You know, you're here because God does see that and more. And so... It's just such a wonderful, freeing thing. There's a beautiful story from the life of this great woman saint who we refer to often, Ananda Moima. She's in the chapter in Autobiography of a Yogi, the uh, joy-permeated mother. And interestingly, Swami commented last year of his life or so, Swami met Ma many times, as did Jyotish, I didn't. I wasn't there then, but uh, and Swami was very close to Ma, and so um, Swami said he believes that Ananda Ma in the time of the Bhagavad Gita was Drupadi, the wife of the Pandava brothers. It's very interesting. But in this story about giving, even your darkness to God, because then He can transform it. Ma was having a satsang, and her devotees were there in a, in a room. And then this crazy man came in, and his hair was wild, and his eyes were wild, and he was disheveled and dirty and, and just yelling and screaming. And all the devotees were just out horrified. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? And Ma told, you know, two of the men, bring him and have him sit down there with the men. So kind of calmed down, and he sat down. And then Ma had this big basket of fruit, and she 
distributed it as prashad, and everyone got a piece of fruit. But this crazy man took the fruit he was given, an orange, and he threw it at Ma, and it hit her quite forcefully. And the devotees, some of the men, they were outraged, and they grabbed this man, and they dragged him out of the room. And then Ma said, you shouldn't have done that with that because you had anger. It was two of the monks. And he, she said, you both need to fast for several days to purge that anger. But then a few days later, they were having a satsang, and a man walked in. And at first they didn't recognize him. His hair was kempt, clean, nice clothes, well-pressed, behaving with decorum. And he quiet. This is very moving. And he quietly sat down among the devotees. And Ma pronounced, and he came up and touched her feet. And he said, I'm from a very fine family. I was very well educated. I had a very good life. But the darkness took me. One can say it was a possession. And I was out of my mind for years. But when I took that fruit and I threw it at you, for the first time in all these years of darkness, I felt such remorse that I began to cry. And I wanted to find who I knew I was. And thank you, Ma. And he became a lifelong disciple and advanced very, very far, they say. So we think, oh my God, he's brought his craziness, his insanity towards a great saint. But what happened? By giving that, he was transformed and healed. So it's only when, when we hold back and protect whatever shadow is within us, it never can be released. And these currents of consciousness that sweep through the universe, not just our planet, but everywhere, they affect us. But we need to also understand we affect them. Some years ago, we led a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And we went to, some of you know this story, some not. We went to a place called Megiddo. It's in the desert. And it's a place where there was seven, archaeologists have found seven civilizations going down deep and deep and deep. Rising of kings and kingdoms falling. Rise and fall. Seven. Seven of them. And according to the book of Revelations, it is at this spot that the last great battle of Armageddon will begin. It was a place of great power. Great power and prescience. And we stood there. There were 33 of us. And we held hands And we were chanting Om for world peace, for humanity. Even as we did it, the uh, Israeli fighter jets were flying very low because it's very near uh, no man's lands. And we chanted. And as we chanted, I began perceiving... Streams of consciousness becoming embodied. And I saw a great being of darkness and a great being of light. 
and they were locked like wrestlers, standing wrestlers kind of, you know, doing arm wrestling. They were locked and neither one could prevail. But honestly, as we chanted Om for world peace, I could feel that the being of light was strengthened and that his power to uplift humanity was enhanced. So it isn't just that these streams affect us. We have our part to play. And by coming together in times like these, by going away now and looking at your life and saying, where am I going with all this that I learned? Where am I going to transform my life genuinely, regularly, day by day? Whether we live at Ananda Village or New Zealand or Malaysia, wherever it might be, we will be leaving this bubble of paradise that has been created during this week. And we need to understand we have to carry it forward, not only for ourselves, but for the greater good of the evolution of humanity. It's a beautiful thought. So when you pray, when you meditate, know that you yourself are being transformed, but know too that you are transforming the very streams of consciousness that permeate this universe. Master said, we are so much more powerful than we ever know. And the practice of yoga and meditation, and more important, the grace that comes from discipleship, when we just realize our own nothingness, and in that, our oneness with all, we can affect great positive changes, and all the machinations of Satan will come to naught for us and in the world at large. And one day the world will stand up with one voice and say, Satan, get thee behind me. Davy made me promise to speak a little also this morning, so I will. We have before us a brief but precious opportunity. When I say brief, a few hours, a couple of hours, maybe less than that. You know, when we're addicted to something, whether it's alcohol or drugs or caffeine or sugar, or in this case, the addiction to the attraction of the downward pulling energy, the first step is to detox, is to stay away from that. There's a a book, The Sugar Addict's Diet, You detox by staying away strictly from sugar for three days. Once you do that, the chemical craving is gone, and then it's the mental craving that you deal with. Okay, so the precious opportunity is that for the last week, you've had a negative energy detox program. And you have pulled away from your regular habits and your regular environment, 
and those things where you enter into the downward pulling energy without even thinking about it, without even realizing it is there. Satan would be a very, very poor tempter if he appeared as someone with horns and a cloven hooves and and red skin. Everybody could avoid him. It'd be like a CIA agent always walking around in a trench coat and dark glasses and one of those hats and trying to fool you into giving him your secrets. You know, everybody can avoid that. But Satan is subtle and the downward pulling energy is subtle. Satan, the reason it's Satan is that it isn't just a mechanistic thing, it's a conscious. It's a consciousness that pulls you into that. So you've had a Satan detox here for a few days. And now you have a precious opportunity to look at those patterns from a distance because when you're caught up in them, they're too close. You can't see them. But now you're back a little ways and you can see the patterns. And look within the next, before you leave this property, look and see what it is, what habit patterns, what environment, what friends, what activities, what media, what those things are that pull your mind down and pick out at least one or two that you're now detoxed from. Pick out one or two and choose to not enter into their power again. To say that I don't want that. The sugar addict's diet after you've detoxed for three days, then you look at the ingredients in foods and you don't eat sugar because that will re-addict you. And so the Satan Detox Program is look at the ingredients in the life around you and avoid them. But especially look at whatever it is that you have been doing that is really getting you uh, addicted. You know, if if you've been... Uh, for sugar addicts, if you've been addicted to cookies, then give up cookies, for goodness sake. And if it's Satan addiction, the downward pulling energy addiction, and there's one or two things that are really pulling at you, now you're now you've avoided them. Now they're washed out of your system, out of your mental habit pattern. Now is the precious opportunity to stop them. And the other part is that you not only do do, uh, uh, overcome your addiction by avoiding that which is bad, you fill in the spaces by that which is good. So instead of cookies, you have vegetables. And that keeps you unaddicted. So look, one... Before you leave, find one or two things that you're going to avoid after you go back and fill it in by one or two things 
We've been talking about them all week long. Whatever captures your mind, captures your heart, whatever that is, fill in your time and your desires and your hearts. Remember, Master said that the thought patterns are universal. And so he also used the expression that we're like a radio station that tunes in to one program or another. So avoid tuning in to the downward pulling program and choose to tune into the upward pulling program. And you only need one station, one choice that's going to pull you up. Later on, you can fiddle around if you if you know you aren't going to go down to the low part of the dial you know then you can play around with the upper parts but right now pick one station one thing that you've heard this week that has struck you as something that really is meaningful and commit yourself to that so commit your energies to giving up one thing and taking on another and make that decision before you leave this property because once you leave this property and get back into traffic and get back into work and get back into the radio dial on your car that has that those lower pulling stations on it you'll forget these teachings that's the greatest power of satan of all master again i quoted this Master said, I don't care what you do. I care what you don't do. And so he doesn't care if we do something bad, but he cares if we forget him. We care, he cares if he's given us these precious teachings this whole week and this precious uplifted environment where we're all inspired. He cares if we don't hold on to that. So let's hold on to it. But again, I urge you, and I'm going to do this myself, pick one bad habit that you're going to give up and one good habit that you're going to commit yourself to. And if you do that, there will be real and lasting changes to this wonderful week. God bless you all.